Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Last weekend, uh, I, I, we, we had some schedule rearrangements, and so I wasn't even scheduled to speak, but uh, the, when, the, when the schedule changed, I felt like God put something on my heart to share with everyone, so it was a standalone message. This week is sort of a standalone, but it's kind of part two to, to last week's part one, and last weekend we discovered uh, what to do, uh, how to withstand a spiritual attack. I even uh, shared an attack that um, I kind of went through about a week ago, and we realized that we need to recognize the attacker, and we need to release our faith anytime we're under a spiritual attack, and we had a lot of people that just were really, really touched by the message. So if you weren't here, I would encourage you to just go, go um, on our website or go to YouTube and, and watch that, that message. I think that it will, it will bless you. And you know, when you're under a spiritual attack, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, um, they're just invaded, amen? It's just, there's invasive thoughts, invasive feelings, and, and it can be overwhelming until you decide to, to fight back and you, you decide to stand up against those things and, and, and they'll have a deadline when you stand up and, and you return in, in your authority. And, and so hopefully we helped you last week with that. But how many have ever been in a situation where you tried to stand in your authority and it seemed like it just didn't work? You know, a spiritual attack comes, it's intense, but it will depart. But have you ever had something that you feel like it's just lingered? It's just stuck around. It has just continued to, to just, just be there. Well, that's different than what I would call a spiritual attack. And I want to deal with that this morning. But I was, I was reading something recently that I think will be a, a good illustration uh, to open, open us here. I read this story where this family had purchased a home in, in the suburbs. And after they had lived there for a few years something really strange happened. Their, their two sons were playing, and as brothers often do, they're kind of roughhousing, and, and they bump into a built-in bookshelf. And when they did, they realized that that bookshelf actually opened. Well, they got curious. They grabbed a flashlight, and they went in behind that bookshelf, and they found out that there was an inner passageway inside their house. It led to a spiral staircase that went down to, to a lower level, and so they went down with their flashlights, and what they found was kind of startling. They found uh, what looked like someone had just been there. There were napkins, and there were um, eating utensils. There was a place where someone had been sleeping. And what they realized that in the inner corridor of their home, someone was actually living. They were squatting there in the house. Now, how many know that would be unnerving to know that someone was taking residence in your place, and, and you really had no knowledge of it? But what if that actually could happen in our lives? What if there was something that was taking residence or taking up space or actually being in a room in our life, in our thoughts, in our heart, in our emotions? What if that could happen? Well, the Bible, the Bible actually refers to that. Uh, some people would call that a, a familiar spirit that can linger in our lives. And, and, and the difference here as that sometimes the enemy will come and he will, he will attack, it will be intense, but, but it, it will dissipate. 
But then there are times when it seems to linger and last and has just been there in our mindsets, in our thoughts, inside of our emotions. And, and really, I believe God wants you free, not just from an attack, but from those things that linger. In other words, let me put it in perspective. There is an absolute difference between something that is invasive or intrusive or it's an invasion and something that's invited. Well, what if I shared with you this morning that some of the things that are causing things to linger in our lives could be something that we have consciously or even unconsciously invited into our lives? What if, I, what if I told you that if you invited something, then guess what? It has a, it has a right to be there. Let, let, let's start off here. And just let me say that stick with me through this whole message. Don't get condemned. Don't throw in the towel because we're going to get to a good place this morning. I know last week and this week are deep messages, but I think you can handle it. Some of you are looking at me like, I don't know if I can handle this. Yeah, you, you, you can handle this. Look at this scripture. This is in the book of Ephesians. This is chapter 4, verse 27. It says, leave no such what? Room. There's this word, the word room again. Leave no such room or a foothold for the devil or give him what? No opportunity. Another translation actually says this, um, give him no place to manipulate you. No place to manipulate you. Let, let, let me share a scripture with you um, before I explain this verse. In, in the Old Testament, there's a scripture in the book of Psalms, and let's see if you can finish this for me. The Bible says this, that God made you a little lower than the, yeah, someone said angels. We read that and, and okay, God made us a little bit lower than the angels, but what, what if I told you that the word angels was mistranslated from Hebrew? And really what that scripture is saying is God made you, the word for angels there is actually the word for God. What if I said to you that the scripture actually says that God made you a little bit lower than himself? So then that means the rank and file would be like this, God, you, angels. Well, what do we know about the enemy? He's a fallen angel. So I want you to get this perspective. Here's the rank and file. God, you, the enemy. It, it, is, it is the same reason that, that, that God says that the enemy is placed under your what? Under your feet. But this scripture here tells us that we, we need to pay attention because we don't want to leave any room for the enemy to have a foothold or a place of entry or, or an open door to enter a room in your life. And it's a very interesting word because in the Greek, it's the Greek word topos. It's where we get the word topographical from, like a topographical map. And it, it actually means don't give the devil an actual geographical location to enter your life. Don't give him a point of entry in your life. So I go as far as to say this, that, you know, the enemy can't just, can't just do things in your life without permit, without invitation uh, without license, but if he does get license, uh, license if, if he does have an opportunity to come in, guess what? He's permitted and he has a legal spot in your life. I mean, no, that's not good news. 
Uh, so we can give him an, oppor- an open door, an opportunity. Some people use a word, there could be a, a portal into our hearts, our, our minds, or our, our thinking. And when that happens, let me give you a good example. Uh, the, enemy, the enemy will come like a debt collector. You know, if a debt collector comes, he's coming to collect debt for something that we would owe that, that, that we've made a, a, a covenant or a promise on. And so the enemy will come in our lives to collect debt from that open door in our life for those things that we have permitted in our lives. So it gives him a legal opportunity uh, when we have breached the covenant, we breached an area of our life. Now, now hold on, because we're going to get to somewhere good. But I wanted to paint the picture that the devil was under your feet, but you can give him, guess what, an open door into your life. Now, now th- think about this. If... Let's just say you're in your house and you hear all of this commotion downstairs. Because I've seen a video like this because I, I, I saw this video and I wondered what I would do in this situation. Have you ever seen a video where uh, someone's in their house and there's all this ruckus downstairs and they go downstairs and, and there's a bear in the lower level of their house? Now I want you to think about how, because uh, we, we've actually had a bear on our property. We have this big back window and my wife is always like, what would you do if the bear came up because he could... You know, he could come in. And actually, I remember we first moved here. We were here for like a week. And I, I went to a speaking engagement for a week in Michigan. And we moved all of our stuff in our house, just put everything in there. Nothing, not everything was unpacked yet. And my wife calls me um, a few hours away. And she calls and she says, I'm going to go stay at your parents. I'm like, okay, why? She's like, there was a bear in our backyard. I'm like, well, he can't get in the house, but if you want to go out, fine. So she has this thought all the time, what if he came in the door? I'm like, ah, that could never happen until I saw it on a video. (laughs) So, you know, a bear obviously can open a door or barge through a door. But how many know if you came downstairs and a bear was in your lower, lower level of your house and he broke in, that would feel very overwhelming but very invasive. How dare he? But... Let's paint a different scenario. What if you came down to find the bear and realized, well, you're the one who left the door open? You would still think, crazy bear, stupid me, because you left the door. How many know there's a difference? Well, there's a difference with the enemy trying to barge in your house and, oop, I left the door open. So I want to tell you what opens the door. I want to land on one of those things that will open the door, and we're going to close some doors this morning. Are you all ready to go? So you, you um, strap on. Here, here we go. So would you like to know what could open the door? All right. So if there's only four of us, we'll just go to dinner. We'll talk about this. The rest of you are dismissed. <laughs> so from studying scripture, there are actually 10 things I find could actually open a door for the enemy in your life. So I just made a slide for you. There, there are 10 things. If you want to write those down, some of you like to pull out your phone and snap a picture of that. I'm going to leave those up. Obviously, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on each one of those for the sake of time. But, but these are ways that you and I can open a door to the enemy and give him a foothold in our lives. And the Bible warns us against this. Don't give him a foothold. Well, let's walk through these real quick. Well, obviously, how, about, how many know the first one makes a lot of sense? We can have willful, rebellious, unrepentive, deliberate sin, and it, it welcomes the work of the enemy. Now, this is not you making a mistake. This is not you making a failure. This is just really, de- 
really just deciding to allow something in your life that you know scripture teaches against, but you're just going to let it stay there. Willful, deliberate, unrepentant sin, guess what it can do? It can, it can breach a doorway in your life and it gives the enemy a legal right to have an area of your life. We've taught a lot on the second one, offense. If there is unforgiveness in your life, the Bible literally says it will give the devil an advantage in your life. How many know we don't want to give the devil an advantage in our life? But the Bible teaches that if we are unforgiving, we get full of bitterness, we get offended, guess what it does? It gives the enemy a foothold. That's why we teach so much about forgiveness and, and, and letting things go. How, how about this fear? I'm not talking about you just had a fearful moment. I'm talking about you've literally opened a door to fear in your life, and any type of fear can produce a bondage. It will fill you with doubt. It will fill you with worry. It will fill you with a, a, a cringy spirit. The Bible says that fear is a spirit, but guess what? We can open the door in our lives to fear. I'm not talking about, you know, you just, uh, someone walked around the corner and, ooh, scared you. I'm talking about you, you have allowed, you have played with fear. You've opened the, your thoughts to fear. How about this next one? Negative thoughts. Now, once again, this isn't just you had a bad day and a few wrong thoughts. I'm talking about you have dwelt on some things. I, I wrote this down because I, I read this the other day. Listen to this. Meditation is your medication. Isn't that good? Meditation is your med. In other words, what you're meditating on, what you're, what you're lingering on, what you're thinking on is going to become the medication of your life. In other words, if you are allowing your mind, your heart, your mindset, your thoughts to be negative, guess what it's going to do? It's going to open a door to the enemy in your life. And you're going to wonder why you can't break free from some mindsets, from some emotions and some thoughts. Guess why? It could be that you have just allowed negative thoughts. Why do you think we talk so much about renewing your stinking thinking? Deception. If we allow ourselves to be deceived, Guess what deception can lead to in your life? It can lead to an open door. It can lead to a, a place that the devil has taken up residence in your life. And you didn't even know it. You didn't even know it. You know that every, every bondage in my life and your life is connected to a lie that you've, that you've believed or I've believed about God, about ourselves, or about someone else. But deception, you know what would fit under there? Religion. You could have sat in a religious setting for a period of time in a, a, a very religious church being taught things that really weren't accurate with the word of God. And guess what it will do? It will give an open door for the enemy to take up residency in your life. And you'll hear the truth and it would almost confuse you. Why? Because you've been filled with religion for years. Then you hear about grace, you hear about truth, and there's this battle that goes on, and you've got to figure out in your faith how, what you're going to choose to believe, some tradition you've heard or something that will literally give you life. Well, are we halfway through that list yet? We're not going to take a poll, but am I reading anyone's mail this morning? How about this next one, which we preached a lot on, Words. The words you speak, and you know, we, we have preached on this. 
Some people say, oh, it doesn't matter what you say. It literally does because what you proclaim, you permit. What you proclaim in your life, what you proclaim over your life, guess what? You, 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 you permit it. You give it um, legal agreement into your life because, you know, words carry what? Legal authority. When you speak words, guess what you're doing? Giving those words legal authority. And you speak them enough, and guess what? It can be an open door for the enemy into your life and my life. Now, remember the scripture we're talking about. The Bible says, don't let the enemy have an opportunity in your life or a foothold or do not give him room. Or the Passion Bible says, do not let him manipulate you. How do you let that happen? Well, we are looking at reasons right here, opportunities right here that allow the enemy to have opportunity in our life or to have an opportunity or a door to manipulate us. I'm going to keep going. Um, divination, that's just a big word for things like witchcraft, the occult, um, horoscopes, psychics, all of that stuff falls under that category. Curses. And by curses, I mean generational curses that could be passed down. I'm not going to say a lot about that because I'm going to tackle that in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk, we're going to, we're going to do a new series called Family First, and we're going to talk about just some stuff to get passed down. That's why as hard as you try, you act like your parents. That's hard as you try not to. You ever had that moment where you're like, it's happening, and I can't stop it? <laughs> that's just personality stuff. But what if, there are other, what if there's some other stuff that's just passed down the family line? Well, we're going to talk about that. So um, iniquities, things that are passed down. And, and then look at these last, these last two, because these, these may be new to you. A soul wound. Anytime you, usually you see the word in the Bible, the word soul it can be interchanged with the word spirit, but most of the time it's separate than the word spirit. So if you don't know this, you are made up of spirit, soul, and body, right? What I mean is you have a spirit, the real you, the inner man, the eternal man. Uh, you have a soul and you live in a body. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So when there was an event or a happening a traumatic situation that happened and it wounded you, it could become an open door in your life. Um, that could be a father wound, a mother wound, a, an abuse situation, something that happened in your life that created a soul wound, um, pain in your mind, will, in your emotions. Guess what it can cause? Because here's, here's, what, here's what the demonic realm is, is, is really like. If you go, and I know I've explained it this way before, but if you, if you go to the south, Further south, on a hot afternoon, like Myrtle Beach. Y'all like Myrtle Beach, right? We go to Myrtle Beach. But if you go back behind those restaurants to the dumpster, in the heat, all the cockroaches and rats are drawn to what? What's in that dumpster? I want you to know, uh, uh, the devil's demons are like those cockroaches and rats. They are drawn to some of the garbage and wounds in our life. They wait for a wound and they, they attack it. They manipulate, uh, manipulate it. They, they emphasize it. They build on it and it can be a soul wound. So these are actually door openers in our life that can give the enemy residence. And guys, listen to me. These things could have been there for years and years and years and years and years. And you can love Jesus. You can be on your way to heaven. 
But you can be struggling with some things and you don't even know what you're struggling with and you're not experiencing God's best in some areas and, and God wants you to experience his best. And, and whether you know it or not, God doesn't want you just saved. He wants you saved and set free. Not, not just in some areas, but in every area of your life. God literally wants you free. The Bible says that he wants you to be free and free and you know, there's a difference between being free and being free indeed. Being free is God set you free. Being free indeed is you're staying free. He will sustain your freedom. He will not only set you free, he will sustain your freedom. Are you all with me this morning? Okay, and, and then this last one on this list, you may have never seen anything like this before, but it's a soul what? It's a soul tie. And I have taught on this concept of soul tie before, but it's been a while. And when I was getting ready to, to do a series on favor, and I pulled out some files and I pulled out some notes, somehow in those notes were some teachings I did on soul ties. I thought, wow, that's interesting. I should teach on that again sometime. And then uh, there was a, a couple that we were talking to, and they said, we went back online, and they probably would have had to go back about five or six years, and we watched what you taught on soul ties, and it just, man, it just like, Helped us so much. And I thought, well, there's something here. Maybe sometime I'll teach on soul ties. And so all this began to come together, and I thought, what I'm going to do out of this list this morning, I'm going to land on soul ties for a few minutes. And I'm going to talk about soul tie, because your soul could be tied to something, and it could be taking up residency in your life. So for the next few moments, I just want to give this morning a, tile, a title, and it's Breaking Unhealthy Soul Ties. So let's catch up with where we're going so far. How many know there's a real devil? How many know there's a real Jesus? And there's a difference between Jesus and the devil. You know what the, the difference is? Jesus said, I came to give you life, an abundant life that overflows. But there's a real devil, and he came to steal, kill, and destroy. And we learned last week that he can come and invade uh, uh, as a spiritual attack, but he can also come when he's invited, and he doesn't have to just go. Because he's been permitted space. It's like the story I read. What if you found out lingering somewhere in the back passageway of your thinking or your heart or your emotions or your feelings, the enemy really took up residence and he has been squatting in your life? Well, what if you found out someone had been squatting in your literal house? Wouldn't you be like, it's time to go? You, you, you don't live here. You don't pay the bills here. You, you, um, you, you do not have a right to be here. But what if, they, what if they said, well, you know, you left the door open, and I've been here for 20 years. So just like a door can be open, a door can be closed. And we're going to close some doors. But when you see the phrase soul tie, because this affects so many people, that God wants you free, but your soul is tied to some areas of your life. And it, ha it can happen to, to any of us. It can happen to all of us. And so if we look at the word soul tie, once again, the word soul, the word soul here me means uh, a mindset. It means your mind, your will, your emotions. That's literally what your soul is. But a tie means something is glued or knitted together. So literally, a soul tie would be this, a link or a connection in the soul realm. A link or a connection in the soul realm. In other words, there's, there's this alliance or this bond in your mind, will, and your emotions to someone else or someone else, some, a group of people. 
an incident. That's what a soul tie is. And so let's, let's make some points. Y'all doing it right? That was a lot of teaching to get you to a place here. In a few moments, we're going we're gonna to worship. We're going to do communion. And I'm going to believe if there's anything on that list that there's an open door in your life, we're going to close some doors this morning. We're going to close some doors. Now, I will take this survey. How, uh, how many of you, after you saw that list, could look and say, mm, I might see how I gave an open door to something in my life? Yeah. We, we can all put our, put our hands up. We can all raise our hand. But what about this area of soul ties? So life point number one, here we go. The strength of a soul tie depends on the depth of involvement. The strength of a soul tie depends on the depth of involvement. And a soul tie, which is in your mind, will, and your emotions, can only be formed in these three ways. Here they are. Intimacy, intercourse, and interaction. Intimacy, intercourse, interaction. That's the three ways that a soul tie is formed. Intimacy obviously means a, a deep relationship where you share history, you share moments, you share experiences with someone. I'm not talking about you just met somebody, they sit next to you in your cubicle. I'm talking about people that you really, really do life with and have done life with. You, you, the Bible says you, you create ties with them, you create history with them. Um, obviously, a sexual relationship being intercourse, the um, Bible says you become one with them. Interaction is those that you make commitments with, those you make vows with, those you make contracts with. You are in commitment with people. And so the, the Bible tells us that we can become one, and the deeper that involvement is, the stronger a soul tie is. What if, what if there is a situation or a somebody that your soul's tied to and you can't break free in your life, but you don't know it? And you're wanting victory, and you're desiring victory. And you're trying to take authority, but you didn't know that someone's taking up residency in your, in your heart, in your feelings, in your emotions, in your thoughts. See, so the devil can come and he can attack, he can be invasive, or he can just linger because he's been given what? An invitation. So the depth of that involvement determines the strength of a soul tie. Now remember, a soul tie means to be what? Knitted together. To be bound together. Life point two. You ready for this one? Y'all doing right? Y'all keeping up? I know this is like heavy, heavy, heavy stuff this morning. Here's, here's a second life point. A healthy soul tie brings out the best in each other. A healthy soul tie brings out the best in each other. So soul ties happen. If you have healthy connections, guess what you have? Healthy soul ties to people. Healthy connections to people. So in that situation, both parties would be encouraged, elevated. Both parties would be um, encouraged and uplifted and, and excited and endorsed. So that, that's a good, good soul time. For, for example, let's, 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 let's look and make some examples here. So um, the Bible says this in the book of 1 Samuel. After David finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. We can have relationships in our life. I'm talking about close relationships, family, friendships. When they are good and they are proper and they are encouraging, guess what it does? It builds good, healthy soul ties, and we need good, healthy soul ties. 
Those, those people you really do life with. God didn't make us to be isolated. He didn't make us to be what? Separated. We, we need each other. And so I would encourage you to find those good, healthy soul ties in your life. You know, you, you know um, obviously, um, your, 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 your family's a good soul tie. Um, for, for, for me, you know, good friendships and ministry, you, you, you got to be selective with those. And not just in ministry, but in our lives, good and, and selective. Obviously, another good soul tie, if you are married, is your sexual relationship with your wife. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that with your husband or with your wife, you become what? One flesh. What about interactive relationships, people that you come into agreement with? So whoever you're coming into agreement with, in the right healthy setting, it makes these healthy soul ties in our life. And here's the last life point. Here's where I'm going. An unhealthy soul tie is destructive. It's destructive. So let's go back to our list. I don't want to open any of those doors, but what if I've opened the door? What if the words I've been speaking have given the devil, because the Bible says we're trapped by our what? Our words. What if things I've been just speaking, and I just, I just get mad and I just say things, or I just gossip, or I just let these words out, I let those words out. Guess what it does? It gives the devil permit to squat, you know, squatters, people to take up residency. They're just, he's just squatting in my life because of the words I keep saying. Instead of saying what God says about a situation. Instead of declaring God's promises, forecasting God's favor, I'm just talking about how bad everything is. I'm just talking about how, how terrible everything is. And what am I doing? I'm prophesying, and at the same time, I'm trapping myself in my words, and the devil can have residency. Or in the area of negative thinking. If I just ponder negative thoughts all the time, if I just stroke negative thoughts all the time, if I just play with negative thoughts all the time, guess what it does? It gives the enemy license to be there in my life. And you can shout, you can get excited on Sunday, but unless we really come to grips and deal with some of these things, guess what? He's got permit to be there. What about offense? Someone did something, it was traumatic. It hurt me. And yes, you have every right to be hurt, but when the hurt turns into offense and the offense turns into bitterness, instead of getting better, I'm just getting bitter. And now I'm bitter. This has lingered. It's happened. It's staying around. And it's literally giving the enemy an open door to my life. And so what's the open door do? He can bring destruction. He can come in and set up camp and live there in destruction in whatever way of destruction. He can bring sickness. He can bring poverty. He can bring disease. He can bring all these things and set them up in my life, and maybe I open the door. Now, you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you would not knowingly or intentionally go to your door. Remember the bear we talked about? You wouldn't open the door and be like, come in, Mr. Bear. How many know that would be foolish? But what if you just left the door open and refused to pay attention to the door? Guess what would happen? He would come in and he would feel like what? He was invited. He was allowed to be there. Well, what, what if it's not Mr. Bear? What, what if it's just someone poking around the neighborhood? You know, at my house, I have a security system. I have lights. I have a 120-pound German Shepherd. I have weapons. Why? I don't want you breaking in my house. 
Actually, we, we had a situation this week. My, my alarm system started acting a little funky. It's fixed, so don't come try to break into my house. Um, I, I, at midnight, I'm on the phone with tech support getting it fixed. But I walked in the house, and I just assumed someone forgot to turn the alarm on. I went all the way to the back door. After a few minutes of being in the house, opened the back door, and now it starts counting down. Beep, 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 beep. So I had to call and say, well, something's wrong with the front door sensor. Something's wrong with the keypad. Something's wrong because I could walk right in the house and we weren't made aware. Have there been some things that maybe we let walk right into our house and we're not aware? I think here's the big question. What are you in agreement with? What are you and I in agreement with in our life? The Bible says whatever we get into agreement with, guess what it is given? It's given power. It's given power. What about that list of how a soul tie is created? Well, the first way it's created is what? Intimacy. In other words, the people in your life that you're, you're closest to, it can be healthy, but how many know it can also be destructive? Intercourse is also on that list. Between a husband and wife, guess what? It's, it's constructive. It's healthy. But the Bible says when you're involved sexually, you become one. And literally what that means is personalities are transferred, beliefs are transferred, attitudes are transferred. So every time you're intimate in that way with someone and they've been intimate, guess what? All those things are transferred and you're one with that. So in the world we live in, there's a lie, casual sex. It's a lie. And the Bible says those are ways that soul ties are made. And then interactions, unhealthy interactions. So if we commune with negative, guess what we have? If we commune with immoral, guess what we have? We have ties to things, we have ties to people. You know, when you interact with people in the church world, not just you come casually and you're not real involved, but when you come and you're connected with people, you're tying your soul with people. That's why if you've ever had to leave a church, it's hard, it's confusing, it's tormenting because you, you, you're, you're leaving moments, you're leaving history, and you're leaving those things. How many have ever experienced that? But just so a soul tie can be positive, it can be very, very negative. You can have Negative church experiences. You can have negative work, business, things that you have connected with. And so these things, what I'm saying to you, all these things get tied to us in our mind, will, and our emotions. How many know what I'm saying? And we wonder why we can't get free some, sometimes. So what I like to do is, can you guys stick that screen back up on the, with those ways that we open doors? Because what I want to do this morning before we do a worship song, I was talking to the guys and I was like, you know, how do we, um, how do we end this, this experience this morning? And here's how I'd like to end it. I'm, I'm going to tell you how to close the door in a minute. I don't want to just tell you, like, man, y'all are messed up. And um, well, good luck next week. We're going to change our series. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about your heart, your mindset. And just ponder that list.
I'm not going to do a survey, hand out a card, and you write anything down this morning. But what on that list could, could have opened a door in your life? Because what if it's keeping you from God's full joy? What if it's keeping you from God's full peace? What if it's keeping you from God's full blessing and prosperity? What if it's keeping you from God's full blessing of healing? These things can restrain that thing in your life. It could be the thing that's keeping you from going to the next level. You don't have to tell me what it is, but when you look at that list, what do you identify with this morning? What, 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 when you see that list, those, those are called familiar spirits. What do we do if and we realize I have allowed some willful sin in my life. I've been playing with the sin. I've opened a door. What do, what do I do? What, what, what if I know there's offense in my life? And I don't want anyone to be over-spiritual this morning because I I, I, we can get real over-spiritual and miss what God wants to do in our life. What, what if you know, like, I, I, there's just, I have I have allowed some fear that has taken up residency in my life and it's keeping some of God's best or negative thoughts or I know, what, what about religion under deception? I think religion is one of the most deceiving things. Here's why. Wrong religious teaching will keep you from truth and you will live your life based on something that you were taught that really isn't accurate, and you'll base your beliefs, your behaviors, and your attitudes on something that isn't really what Jesus said. I was somewhere not too long ago, and they started speaking, and man, they were, it was all condemnation. It was extreme, um, it was extreme, man, it was extreme religion. I had a hard time sitting through it. I didn't go up and correct anybody. It wasn't my place, right? But it, it put a spirit of fear on the whole crowd. In other words, you better live right or God's going to get you was the message. And I'm sitting there like, hmm, someone needs to preach a little bit of grace in this place. But see, it will leave an open door. Or the things we say or, or, or these, this list, soul wounds or soul ties that we're talking about. What do we do? How many want to know? Well, I have a list. It's just got three things on it. And it is so simple. It, it, it is so simple. Here it is. Number one, we have to recognize the root. Everyone say root. Recognize the root. If you can look in your life and say, on that list, I did all the studying for you. All you got to do is look at that list and say, what, what in my life, where, where's the root? Where's the... Where is the open door? Is there something on that list in my life that I know, that I know, that I know there is an open door? If there's something not working in your life, if there's something not, you're not free in a certain area of your life, it's a pretty good sign that there's a root somewhere in your life and my life that needs to be what? Extracted. If you're not really, really experiencing freedom and promises of God in a certain area of your life, it's important that we take a list at this, a look at this list. Recognizing the root. And when you recognize the root, we need to repent and renounce its presence. Repent and renounce its presence. God, I'm sorry 
that I allowed that. God, I'm sorry that I didn't recognize that. God, I'm sorry that I let that linger and I renounce it in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. Devil, you gotta let loose of that. You've got to get out of that area of my life. And then you remove its power. We say, what do you mean remove its power? Whatever kept that thing there has power. So when you renounce, it breaks its power, so you need to remove that. In other words, do you know that we've had situations over the years in our lives with friendships that just went south? I mean, we didn't do it, but they did something. And man, you talk about hurt, you talk about almost like have an opportunity for real offense and realizing that those traumatic things, those things that happened, it's like a movie that kept playing. You'd lay down and they did this and they said that and they did this and they said that and it, come on, are you hearing me? Or this happened, that person did that to me. And we had to realize that we, we had to get to a place where we had to release some things. And we had to break that thing's power because it was taking up room in our life and we gave the devil room because we were talking about it, we were thinking about it, we were offended by it or we were hurt by it. Come on, we've all been there. Obviously, you try to work out forgiveness, but what if you can't? You've at least got to forgive and get it out of you. You know what we had to do? We had to go, we had to go through our house and take some things that were connected to those relationships and get rid of them. Now, that may sound crazy to you, but we had to get them out of our house. Why? They were connecting points to thoughts and memories and feelings. You say, well, why would you want to do that? And some of it was nice stuff. Some stuff, you know, if it's sort of junk, doesn't matter, right? I'll just give that to Goodwill. But something that's sort of nice and you're like, that needs to go. There are some things sometimes materially, sometimes physically, sometimes spiritually, sometimes emotionally, all that stuff, guess what? It needs to go because you need to make room for some more of the goodness of God, for more of the promises of God, for grace to flow, for prosperity to come, for healing to happen. I am telling you that if you remove some of this stuff that you might find on your list this morning, guess what? Healing might happen in your body that hasn't been able to happen because it needed to go. There, there might be a breakthrough in your resources. Why? Because some of this go. There might be a breakthrough in your emotions. There might be a breakthrough in your joy. It might break the power of depression this morning. It might break the thought of suicide this morning. It might break the bonds that have kept you restrained. Now, if you are a believer, the devil cannot possess you, but he will oppress you. That means he will come against you with, with a heaviness. So this morning, I believe that, um, that, that, that there is, uh, it, it's, um, what, what, what do you do when you put on the door, like if you evict somebody? You need to put an eviction notice on that area of your life. Come on, did someone get something out of this this morning? Um, You got to understand that that's a lot to teach in like 35, 40 minutes. So I just put it all in a nutshell for you. But the most important thing isn't just information that you get, but transformation that happens over the next few moments. Because you realize if I say to you, hey, thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Um, we got a guest minister next week. Then we'll get on to a new series. 
you know, be blessed this week. If that's what I do for you this morning, I have just given you information to put down in your notebook that you may or may not look at again. And six months down the road, a page will fall out of your notebook and like, oh, I remember that, but what was he talking about? I don't want that to happen this morning. I want, here's what I want to happen this morning is that you encounter the, the delivering power of God. Because some of these things on this list are why we're acting while we're acting, why we're believing what we're believing, why we're stumbling over what we're stumbling over, and why we're feeling restrained while we're trying to live free. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Can you all give me just a couple more minutes? Here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to worship. And while we're worshiping, I want you to just search your heart and your mindset and your feelings this morning. And as you're searching, and, and don't, don't be like, well, you know, I've been walking with Jesus for 47 years and probably not a lot of this in my life. Well, it, it may be you're super spiritual, so you just pray for the rest of us, okay? What the rest of us are going to do is say, God, show me what the thing or things on that list are that, that, are, that are keeping back God's next level from, from my life. And when God shows you that, I want you to just say, God, what is the root? And he might take you back to someone, something, how something entered. And then what do you do? Well, I renounce that in the name of Jesus. And I repent of that being allowed to linger in my life. Whether I was conscious of it or not, I repent and I renounce it. Use the name of Jesus and cover it with the blood of Jesus. Two things that the devil cannot gain an advantage in is the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And when you realize that and you pray that prayer, everyone should have received communion this morning. When you get to that point, I want you to take communion on your own. I'm not going to lead you in communion. You're going to take communion on your own because communion is a seal of the new covenant. We're going to seal the work that Jesus is doing this morning. And then I'm going to walk up back up here in a moment. I'm going to pray a, 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 a heavy um, Jesus freedom prayer and we're going to celebrate before we leave this morning. Can y'all handle that? Can we stand to our feet? And so to, to do this in the right way, um, if, if you want to take your moment at your seat, you take it at your seat. If you want to take your moment up front, there's plenty of space. But what I am asking you to do is don't check out yet. You, you do business with Jesus for the next few moments. Because I promise you, I, I, I guarantee you, Jesus is about to set you free. You say, just because I renounce something, just because I repent of Absolutely. Because you are evicting the devil from the area and you are, you're, you're taking back space. Because you know what the devil's after? Space. He's after territory. He's after what? Room. That's why the Bible said, don't give him any what? Room. If he's taking room, he's got to what? Go. If the bear is in the basement, don't turn the basement over to the bear. Get the bear out. Amen. Can we do that this morning? Can you promise me we're going to do that? Because when I come up here and pray, I want God to just touch you this morning. We'll do it corporately like this. So you can do it in your seat. You can do it up front here. Pastor Mitch is going to lead us in worship. I'll come back up in a moment. But when you feel like you've got to that moment and God has showed you and you've let that thing go, you, you, you take communion right where you're at.